Okay. You can't see it. I'm going to follow on the back because I got my notes there. You can't see it, but we'll be okay. We'll make it through it like old times, you know, when we didn't have screens and you just preached and that was it. So you'll have to follow along. So this morning, if you would, would you please open your Bibles to John chapter 1. There's John chapter 1. The Gospel according to John. In John, there's a little piece here, a little part. If you're familiar with the Gospel of John, it does not start with the birth of Jesus. It starts with his the preamble, and then immediately goes into the baptism of Jesus. And following, Jesus was baptized. We have Jesus' baptism recorded there, and then the testimony of John that was given. And then we have the, for some reason, there we go. Um, my notes keep coming up. And I'd like for you to please look down at verse 35. John 1, verse 35, if you would be so kind. So it says, on the next day, that was the day after Jesus was baptized, on the next day, John was there again at the River Jordan with two of John's disciples. There were no, Jesus didn't have disciples yet. There were two disciples of John. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, or behold, maybe your Bible says, look, the Lamb of God, he said. And when the two disciples heard him say this, They followed him and were trailing along as Jesus was leaving. They were curious to what John was referring to about being the Lamb of God. And so they were on their way following after him. And as they're going, Jesus could say, hey, we got people behind me. Maybe you have sensed that when you're walking and somebody's coming up behind you. Well, Jesus sensed that there were people behind him. And the Bible says he turned around. He turned, turning around, Jesus saw them, and followed him, and he asked, what do you want? What do you want? Well, they were curious, and they wanted to know why he was called the Lamb of God, and so they followed him, and they said, well, show us where you are staying. In other words, we want to go with you and see what your life is about. That's really what it's about. Well, this got me to thinking. It is an interesting question that Jesus asks, and he asks all of us, what do you want? What do you want? So I would like for us to focus for a few minutes about that. What do we want? You know, we really realize we have lots of needs, don't we? We have lots of needs, lots of different things that happen to us, lots of different things that we do, we need. And for those needs, we need his help. We need his help. If you are a Christian follower, you understand that. And hopefully, you've discovered that God wants to help you. So we have personal problems that come into our lives and crowd into our lives. All of us have those issues that face us, don't we? So we tend, as we tend to look at that, to go through our personal problems and look at that and say, I have a need to get something taken care of in my life. And sometimes we need to take that. Often we take that to Christ and ask him about that, about those different situations. We have had some needs that have risen in our government and justice. And we have needs about that. Are we being just with one another? 
America has always prided itself from the beginning that we have blind justice. In other words, we, try, we weigh the facts. We try not to do favoritism because of one person's accord or where their riches or their background or whatever they are. The justice needs to be fair for everyone. We call that blind justice. And sometimes lately, that certainly has been challenged, does not not? about whether things are being just, whether things are happening right. Just um, just a few days ago, we had Hurricane Michael roll through. Have you seen those pictures? Aren't they devastating, aren't they? Devastating to go down in Michael. That would be a need, and I don't know about you, but I have been praying for those people. Every day I've been lifting up the people that have been caught in that. Even though we had a situation here last year, and I hope they were praying for us. So I was praying for them. I want to take just a little sidelight about this that is not in my sermon, but you should know. Um, that is that uh, our Florida conference has quite a system for helping people like that in need. And soon as the hurricane had passed, our trucks were rolling from the conference office to take supplies to them. So your giving and sharing and helping with that is part of that. There's always room for more, always room for helping. And if you would like to support Hurricane Michael, you can put that in an envelope, write Hurricane um, Michael on it, and our treasurer will make sure that gets passed up to the conference to make sure that they help. If you would like to help with that, um, the beauty about it is that there's very low overhead for giving that way. Almost all of your dollars go to actually do that. There's just very minor. So you get that at no extra charge this morning, and you remember that. Okay, if you want to help, then just uh, put it in an envelope. It would really help. All right, so I'd like you to turn from John to Matthew 7, because there's a fascinating way in which Jesus now, he is on the Sermon on the Mount. And in his Sermon on the Mount, he gave lots of things. You can read that. The traditional way we look at that, although it's recorded somewhat in Luke, we do look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as being this great sermon that Jesus gave to the people on the mount. And there's a lot of good in there. Well, I'd like for us to look at just one specific thing. Because, remember, Jesus asked those disciples as they were following, they were coming up behind him, and they asked him, what do you want? What do you want? And Jesus then says, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Now, if you look at that closely, you will see that those passages, those three things, are one step more developed. So, you ask, and then you seek. See how that takes more action. And then if you go faced up with a door that is closed, you knock. To have the door open for you. In my life, in my experience, Christian walk, I've had those experiences where I've asked and the Lord responded. Or I've had to seek and go after. If I ask and but I have to seek and go after. And sometimes I've come against this closed door. And I say, What in the world am I going to do? And I'm going to go forward. Lord, I will trust that you will open the door for me. And the Bible says, and he goes on, because in verse 8 it says, For everyone. Everyone who asks does what? Receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Jesus promised. Which of you, he goes on, is your son? If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a snake. If you then, well, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, and just say, your heavenly Father will give good gifts to those who ask him. How much more? Well, as a parent, when my son asks for something, I like to help him, even today. They're grown men, they're on their own, but if they say, Dad, I need... Oh, well, let me see if I can hum, come and help you. Sometimes my son was got into a housing problem up at his house in Detroit and said, Dad, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to make this work right in the building. And I said, I'm on my way. You asked, and I will come and help you out. There's something in there. Why do I do that? Because I love him. I love my children. And I will respond and go when they ask. How much more God would do for us if we would ask? We don't ask enough. We don't ask enough. Now, it seems to me that what Jesus is actually saying here is he's encouraging us to ask. He's encouraging us to ask him. Does that not come across to you in that passage? It comes across to me that we don't ask enough. So he's asking, come on, ask, let me show you what I can do. Let me show you how I can help you. Let me show you how I can open the doors for you. Well, one time we were at Andrews University, and I was going through the seminary, and um, what happened at those times, I'm sure it's not that way now, but at those times, uh, your car, if you were at the, um, in Michigan, and the stuff they put on the road would crowd your car in a hurry. And pretty soon my car, the fenders had rust coming up from the inside. We could buy a relatively three or four year old car for a hundred dollars because it was just a rust bucket. It ran, but it was just a hundred bucks. So I said, oh man, what am I going to do? If I take this car out to California, it'll be worth even less if it makes it. So I said, well, we need to get a car, and I prayed for the Lord to help us out, and we were looking, we couldn't afford, blah, 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 and on and on and on. Finally, the Lord revealed the car to me, and it was sitting up in a lot all by itself. And I said, all right, the Lord opened the door. I was surprised, but I should have known, because I asked, and I received. He gave to me that. So the Lord wants to give to us good gifts, good gifts to us, which then this, just a short time, a week or so ago, I was over at the airport, and I saw a really nice Austin Martin sports car there. And I thought, you know, the pastor would look really good in that Austin Martin, you know, the kind like they have on 007. Two doors, low, incredibly powerful. And I thought, well, I wonder if I should ask the Lord (laughs) if I couldn't have that car. Somehow I need to raise over $100,000 for it. And I wondered if you were good for it. 
pastor appreciation. <laughs> it reminded me as I was standing there looking at it and admiring it, my dad would always say, what are you going to do with that? You know, well, I don't know. But I have not asked God for that good gift of an Austin Martin. He thinks my little Honda will be just fine, I'm sure. So the question of, what do you want? What do you want? Raised a lot of thoughts in my mind. On September 2017 of last year, Hurricane Irma swept through. And if you remember, we've shown the video of what happened and took place here at our church as the winds went by at 142 miles an hour. Bill Fries was here and he told me that the, the way that the debris went past the front of this church going from the east to the west, the degree and the thing, that the debris never touched the ground as it went flying by at 142 miles an hour. A lot of people are sustained damage in there, including people in this church who received damage from that hurricane that went by. And as we went by and had that hurricane go by and the damage that was done and the things that it took place there and seeing the damage, we had at our church... Bill was here, uh, Freeze was here, and we had the pause dogs. But what happened is that we had no power, and so we were unable to run our sewer system, so we couldn't use the restrooms. But people came to our door and asked and knocked on our door asking to come in for shelter. And we could not give it to them because we are not prepared for that. And when I heard that, when I got back, I went, I ran like a chicken. Uh, when I heard that, it changed my thinking. It changed my thinking. After the experience of Irma, we adjusted our priorities. Amen. We adjusted our Back to Matthew 7. Why don't you go back to Matthew 7? So Jesus went on. Continue this in verse 12. He goes on and he said, In everything, do to others what you would do to yourself, and you want to do to them. Let me start again. And so in everything, do to others what you would want them to do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets, in other words, the scriptures. This sums up how you are to behave to one another. Everything you would do for them. What you would do to others. The emphasis is on do to others. And that rang a bell. If I was outside this church and trying and needing protection, had no place to go, the shelters are full. And I'm knocking on the door of the Adventist church. Would I want to be let in? We call this the golden rule, don't we? We call that the golden rule about it. So it raised up questions in my mind about this whole thing. And besides, besides the protection from hurricanes, does our community have other needs? And so we sing this song in our hymnal. We sing this song in our hymnal when you have it there. Uh, we don't have our hymnals in there now, but we sing the song, A Shelter in the Time of Storm. You know that song? Familiar with that? Shelter in the time of storm. 
And when his songs emphasizes on Jesus as being the shelter in our life, that he will protect us in our life. That's the concept of it. But it asks me the question, are we, as Christ's children, to also be a shelter? Now, it's too expensive and too many regulations for us to truly build a shelter. It's too bad. You have to have deep pockets like the government to be able to build a shelter. You can't do it. And the regulations just would just, they blow you away. I was talking to a fireman, and he was sharing with me about they were going, planning on building their their. Uh, building for their new for the new fire trucks in this area and they were going to put up a shelter on top for people for the such things and the regulations were so long and so complicated they couldn't afford it couldn't make it work and that's including the fire department so out of range so but i was wondering do we need to be a shelter for more than hurricanes for more than hurricanes And we claim, as Adventists, that we minister to the whole person, do we not? Isn't that what we say? We minister the whole person. So originally, when I came, and was part here, prior to Irma, we were talking about the need to build a fellowship hall. Now, the fellowship hall would give us a place to have our fellowship dinners. It would be so we could have recreation. It would be a place where we could have meetings. We'd have a a kitchen there. It would be much easier for everything that we were trying to do. It would be great if we could have a fellowship hall. But that has all changed now. Instead, we are going to build a community center. Because the emphasis has turned. It's no longer our need. It's their needs. You see? That's why the website's going to be changed, to meet their needs. Oh, it'll take care of us, yes. But it's to meet their needs. And I believe that there are needs outside of this church, in our community, that we are perfectly positioned to help. Which involve other things that you might think, well, that's not necessary. There are people across the street that need places where they can get together and recreate. They need it. We could do it. What would they say about us Christians across the street that we're providing a place for them to get together? To feed them. We're going to feed in our community. We feed them twice now a month. Isn't that amazing? Feed them today. We're going to feed them. Whoever shows up, signs are out there. If they want to eat, come on in. We feed them. No charge, just sit down and eat with us. We're glad to have you. We have people who need that in our community, who need that food to have that. So the idea is shifted to building a community center, which is actually more expensive. More expensive because it has to be designed in a particular way to meet the needs of what we want to do to reaching out to our community. So the question is, how are we going to do that? We're estimating the building put up will be about $3.5 million. I've sacrificed getting that Austin Martin, <laughs> but that won't touch the $3.5 million. And like if you've seen the movie Jerry Maguire, show me the money, you might be asking, show me the money. I want to talk to you about 
the Cape Coral Seventh-day Adventist Church. I was talking to their pastor. Their pastor came to Cape Coral, he and his wife. There was no church in Cape Coral. And they said, well, we need a church there. So they, uh, they started praying about it, praying about it. And um, they asked the Lord to please find people to come and help build that church. They needed $2.5 million. They prayed hard about it. The congregation did. The congregation gave, but it was very small. They had hardly any people to give. And the Lord began to send them people who were not in that congregation to help them build that church. So as I understand the story, as if I got this correctly, a, a woman showed up with, she said, I'll give you 150000 And then for every dollar you give, I will give $5 more. So the congregation took her up on that and raised money. And when they finished that project, she gave another 150000 And other people came and gave hundreds of thousands. Not associated with the church, but they came because the Lord spoke to them. In Naples... There's a lot of money in Naples. And I believe the Lord already has people here in our community ready to help us if they know. That could see the value of a community center, not a fellowship hall, a community center aimed at helping the community around us in their needs, whatever those needs may be. Linda Courtright was uh, sharing with me that um, perhaps we need to think wider than just protecting people from the hurricane, but think of the other things that could happen. And we're going to have some space out there soon where you can come up with what kind of community activities could we do to help our community. We're going to give you some place to write them down and let us know. Uh, But as I thought about Cape Coral and I thought about our community, I thought, there's got to be people who will help us. So I would ask you today, shall we do the same? Shall we go and ask the Lord to help us find those that are in need? And ask us, the Lord to help us to find those who can help us get our building up. How do we do that? The way we do that is we ask the Lord in prayer. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. I believe that's what we need to do. Now, here are some hitches that need to happen here. Here's how this works. We all need to take this to heart and to pray. Every one of us. We all need to give. I'm not expecting all of us, this group right here, to come up with 3.5 million. But the Lord knows where the money is, and he will help us get it, to send it to us. He knows that. So I've already started giving, because I've already started buying pieces of sheetrock and stuff like that that's going to go in the new building. 
I'm asking you to do the same. You'd be surprised how easy it is just just start giving. I put something in. Keep going. Keep going. And it adds up. It really adds up. Teach your children how to give to it. You give. We all give. All of us have a part. You got that? All of us have a part. But we also all need to have a part in asking the Lord to help us find and to send to us those who would give to help us get this building up and get it going. And so we're going to do something here today. I'm going to ask that we start our 30 days of prayer. 30 days. For the next 30 days, I would like for you to pray every day for the building to be uh, donors, to be found, and for them to donate. That you lay this before the Lord every single day. Now, to help you do that, we're going to help you do that, and that is, would you please take out your phone? If you have your phone with you, it is wonderful what Danielle can do for you. I told you she uh, didn't get much credit. She needs a lot of credit for the great things. So Danielle has a way for you, and I'm going to do this with my phone. So pull out your phone. Okay, we're going to do something here in church that we always say, put your phone away. But I need everybody to take it out and hold it up. Everybody that has a phone with them, take it out. We've got our phones with you. I know they're close by. We don't leave home without them, right? All right, so go to your text messages. And what we're going to do is all of us are going to join in on a text prayer. This is not a chain, but you will get reminders by joining in with us and becoming part of the season of prayer through texting every day at 1145, you'll get a reminder on your phone and it'll say in 15 minutes, we're praying for our church. You'll also get email reminders so that no matter what you're doing, stop what you're doing at 12 o'clock. It's right before lunch and you can work that prayer for the church and for the community center into your daily life. So I need everybody's phone out. Is everybody's phone out? Everybody's like, this is how quick and easy it's going to be. Go to a new message. In the two, you're going to type 941. Everybody got 941? 877-5654. Did everybody get the number? Okay. 941-877-96... I mean, 5654. In the text message, I need you to type prayer. P-R-A-Y-E-R. And hit send. And just like that, you're part of our system so that every day from this day forward for the next 30 days you will receive those text messages. Now it's going to say everybody should get a thanks for praying with us. There's just one more step. If you tap the link and fill out your email address then you'll also get those email reminders. Everybody got it? If anybody has questions, if they did not get it, please I will be here this afternoon for a while. Please come and see me, and I'll help you step through it. But thank you for being part of the season of prayer with us. So what the Cape Coral Church did um, was that they sincerely sought the Lord in prayer. 
Now, they had long hours of prayer together, and I'm certainly open to that. But we thought that it would be more helpful if we would have these 30 days of prayer and that you bring it up before the Lord every day. Now, to begin, we're going to have a prayer here together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But as we pray, you pray in your heart as well. You add to that your part of the prayer, because the Lord will heal all of our prayers as we go together. So would you just bow your heads where you are, and we're going to have a little prayer together. Dear Father, we lay before you our church. This building, our ministry, our people, we lay before you. We believe Irma, who came and blew by, and you protected our church building but, Lord, we, we realize that we have a need beyond our own needs. You taught us that dramatically. We don't want ever to not be able to help our community who desperately needs either protection or information or help as they go in their daily lives. We want to be open to that. Lord, today... We are starting our 30 days of prayer. We want that, Lord, to be open and welcoming to anyone who can sign in, have prayer, and get a message. And so we ask, Lord, that today we start that process, that we as a church family are asking you to please go and find those who could help us put our building up, who could help us gather the funds that we need, There are people in this community who need to give to this, and you know. There are people in this community who could give us 500,000 without even batting an eye. You know, Lord, that that could happen, and we ask you, Lord, that you help them, that they can have a part, they live in this community, and that they can have a part in building here, and that they can help us. We have limited funds among us, but you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And, Lord, we ask that you help us find it. May they find their way here. May they see what our project is about. May they see how it will help our community and how we can work to meet their needs of our community and that they will help us build our building for you and for these people around us. Help us to keep our focus outward. Help us to keep us our focus on our community and not on ourselves. Help us to know this building that had come up will be designed to meet their needs, to help them in their hour of need, whether it's a hurricane or whether there is a fire or whether there is personal needs or whatever is going on in the home, in their lives, that we be able to stand by them to be able to help them in that hour of need. So, Lord, I ask you help us with that. Open this door and open the channels that they'll be able to help us and that we ourselves will be able to give to your glory and to your honor and to our community that all of us can have a part. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about, and that is this. The thing is that what is already taking place is people are already giving from outside of this church family. They're not even in our area, and they've already started sending us money. Amen. So I know that we can do it. I know the Lord can open the days.
And I believe that he revealed to us something last year that gave us a direction that we must follow, that we must take care of the needs of our community outside. Would you pray every day for that? To his glory, to his honor, and for their salvation and help. Amen. Thank you. God bless us.